I'm Sylvia Burgos Tofnes, and this is Deep Roots Radio. Every week, my guests help us connect the dots between what we eat and how it's grown because every single food dollar we spend either protects or degrades the environment, produces foods with high nutrition or empty calories, and either helps pay a fair wage or keeps farm workers among the working poor. We get to make that choice every time we push a cart through the grocery store, visit the farmer's market, and eat at a restaurant. I hope you enjoy this interview. This morning as I was leaving, um, my husband Dave was actually in our four-wheeler and he was uh, driving around, <clears throat> actually a, uh, a, uh, one of the leaders in our, our state government, um, uh, around our farm. Oh. And showing her what it is that we do in the way of rotating our herd from one pasture okay. to another. And she went earlier in her little uh, drive around the farm to see the cows where they had been moved. Uh, she took a look at the uh, vines that, in fact, my husband Dave just planted. We planted uh. wine grapes. Oh. Uh, we've added that to the farm. Last night, she took a look at the chicks that we've added to, to the <laughs> farm as well. We've got 45 little chicks that are Whoa. kind of getting ready to go into the chicken coop. And earlier this week, uh, I had a friend who gave me a call and said, Sylvia, you know, I'd really love to bring my granddaughter to the farm to see the chicks. Sure. And so, of course, I said, you bet, Dodie. <laughs> you come on over and had a wonderful time with my friend Dodie and her five-year-old oh. granddaughter, Chevelle. We not only handled the chicks very carefully, it was <laughs> so well done. Uh, Chevelle is a great little girl. And then we got into our four-wheeler mm. and they helped and watched as I moved the cattle from one pasture to another. To another. Gotcha. And this is something that I do on a regular basis now yeah. with my customers oh. as they come on the farm. Sure. I Two weeks ago I did it with a reporter oh. who came onto the farm from City Pages. Having them experience what it means to have a farm be there with the animals in a careful, of course, situation. Sure. And to be able to have that little bit of time to explain, this is where food comes from. This is what it takes. What do you think? <laughs> now, all of that is, is a small part of this thing called agritourism. Uh-huh. You know, a yep, pick your own, a farmer's market, yeah. um, a farm stay, if you decide to stay on a farm, a visit to a corn maze, Picking, you know, from a pumpkin patch. Sure. Picking apples from a from a pick your own, and we have on the line with us today someone who is expert in this field. He is the president of Wisconsin Agricultural Tourism Association, Steve Peterson. Good morning, Steve. Thank you so much for calling Thanks. in. Thank you, Sylvia. It's great being with you. And hey, can I use your story as an open for every time we talk about agritourism in Wisconsin? Because that was just a perfect, perfect way of explaining what agritourism turned into. Well, of course, of course. <laughs> more, you're more than welcome to the stories because there are so many of them. My goodness. Tell us, you know, how do you describe agritourism? Well, agritourism can be described in so many different ways. We, we use one uh, simple thing saying, you know, have you ever petted an emu? Have you ever had a 
taste of a squeaky cheese curd that's just been made in a, a vat at a cheese factory? Have you uh, been able to stand and enjoy an apple right next to the tree that it was grown? Have you uh, had a chance to uh, to see a, a cow get milked or uh, walk through a corn maze? Uh, you know, it's really kind of everything. And, and, and getting back to what you said, you know, I think we forget that the, 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 the young generation isn't just about cell phones and and video games and their social networking. You can get back to the basics. If you give the kids something interesting where they can interact, they are going to want to learn because they are in a learn mode from what they do from day to day electronically. But boy, if you can get them on a farm and they can experience a simpler life, getting back to the basics, they will be interested. You just have to have a fun way of, of, of educating them. You know, um, I was uh, very, very heartened by the fact that um, there are websites that can help a farmer who is thinking about something like this, that there are some resources available out there. Can you kind of describe what's out there? Well, there's all kinds of resources, but, you know, I think one, I grew up on a dairy farm, and, you know, it was really disheartening. It wasn't that long ago, probably about five, ten years ago, we were hearing these stories that the family farm was a dying, was going to be extinct. Uh, you were going to see massive dairy operations, some that you do see, but the, the little personal dairy, you know, hometown dairy farm, wasn't going to be around anymore. Well, leave it to the farmers. They find ways to reinvent themselves. And what they did is, uh, you know what, instead of me making my products and, and, say, shipping it to a store or taking it down to a farmer's market, why don't I turn it around? Why don't I bring people to my farm? And in some cases, they can actually be my labor where you can pick your own strawberries, you can pick your own apples, you can pick up your pumpkin, uh, you know, pumpkins, and, and you can enjoy things while you're there. And and so farmers have kind of learned on their own. Yeah, there's, there's you know, through Extension, uh, UW Extension has programs. Matter of fact, we work very closely with UW Extension right now to kind of help people that want to start out and see what they can do for a, a business on their property. Um, but a lot of it is, is just opening your doors and inviting people. You don't have to do anything different. Like you said, you know, you're just doing your day-to-day -day chores, you know, the way mm -hmm. you run your farm. And uh, you're just bringing people to come and experience that while you're doing your work. And that's, that's where I think egg tourism's base is. It's, it's not that we had to build a new building or we had to do some special program or some special show. We're just asking you to tag along and, and, and see what we do from a day-to-day -day, uh, uh, lifestyle. You know, that's so true. Boy, that is so true, Steve. We um, very often welcome customers to our farm and um, just walk the field with us just walk it yeah. and, and as we walk we talk they often become very close uh, in close uh, contact or proximity to the cows and you know I caution people to walk slowly speak softly uh, to, to follow my lead um, but just that you know a half hour walk around the farm they, they walk away with big smiles on their faces you yep, know just do it just sharing part of our life that way. And here, here's another thing too, Sylvia. You know, we're four to five generations removed from the from the farm life. In other words, you know, we're getting farther and farther away from our generations, even knowing what it was like growing up on a farm. So right now, you're probably your best bet is your grandparents still have that memory of, of growing up on a farm. And so what we've seen a lot happen is multi generations that come out as families to these uh, agritourism destinations where you'll see grandpa and grandma along with the sons and daughters and their grandkids, sometimes great grandkids. 
and you have multi-generations of the same family coming out as an entire group and spending hours at the farm where grandpa and grandma are telling about what they remember when they were on the farm and it's it's really uh it bonds that family structure where all of them are picking up different things enjoying different parts of that day but when you put it all together when they go home they have all kinds of memories about what it was like that day when they were on that farm and that is what i think the strength of agritourism is it really is family oriented you don't have to tell your kids don't touch this don't you know stand in line and put your phones away do this do that kids can be kids and the families can go out and enjoy the fresh air you know see the beautiful landscape you know be part of things sit there with their grandchild whether petting that calf or or that bunny and then having going on a hayride and seeing what the beautiful scenery is on that farm that's i think is what's really really a hot draw for agritourism plus you don't go broke taking your family out in mm-hmm. some cases you don't have to be you don't have to pay anything for the experience and you just maybe buy a product before you leave so you're not sitting there dropping thousands and thousands of dollars on on, on that experience and you could do it multiple times you know we just did a study it was through a national farm medicine center and marshfield clinic and the study is still being qualified but it's uh, it's some of the numbers have come out and you realize in wisconsin alone um, 70 almost 70 percent of the agritourism farms average 11 activities on that farm alone wow now is, so that, you, is that over the course of the summer it's over the course of them being open and having people come to their farm but you have so many farms that have so many activities happening during the day these families will come and spend three four hours at that farm because they have so many different things to do or like i said if you come with a multiple generation family maybe you know the kids want to go to the petting zoo maybe mom and dad want to go on that hayride maybe grandpa and grandma would just like to walk around and and just look at the farm and and that kind of thing so not everybody will do all 11 activities but when you have that many things to choose from it's a draw people will enjoy themselves because we're in that we're that lifestyle right now is um okay been there done that what else can i do i don't want to do it again I, you know, I, I want to always be seeing something different, and I think that's another reason why you're seeing multiple activities uh, appearing on all these agri-tourism uh, farms. You know, it's so interesting, Steve, that you mentioned this, because I've talked to numbers of ranchers around the United States, you know, as part of this show and simply because of, of my the work that I've done over the years in sustainable farming. And it has it it is kind of amazing what you just said and how true it is. You know, one of the ranchers that I know, he has you know a day for, um, I think branding his calves, mm-hmm. and this is a guy who who, who grazes a thousand head of mm-hmm. cattle, on a thousand acres. Wow. Man, people show up like crazy. <laughs> I've got one that's even better for you. I grew up on a dairy farm. I know what it was like to get up before the sun came up and all the work you had to put in it, and you kept working until the sun went down. There's actually bed and breakfast on farms located around Wisconsin that you bring your family and you pay to stay there. And in the morning, they get you up before the sun comes up and you go and learn how to milk cows. You feed the chickens, you slop the hogs, you go and work in the garden. If they're doing field work, you may help bale some hay. Um, All the things that you would do if you were a farmer, you're experiencing and people are actually paying that (laughs) farmer to stay there and be their manual labor. I don't know how that works, but that's something that people are starting to really get into because again, everybody wants to enjoy that experience. We're way past buying a bunch of souvenirs that we take home and hang on the wall or set on a shelf. 
What we do now is we do experiences. We take that picture with our cell phone. We put it on Facebook immediately. We share our memories through that, and um, and it's instantaneous. And mm-hmm. that's what people are loving now. And I think that's another reason agritourism is popular. You know, we see tons of pictures of, you know, kids just having a blast picking up that pumpkin or getting up on their dad's shoulders to pull that apple off the tree. Or they're standing there with a grandpa and grandma riding on a hayride. Or they're petting that emu or llama. I mean, we see that constantly. And, the, and if we're seeing it, you know they're sending those pictures out to all their relatives, all their friends on social networks. And, yes. you know, they're sharing their family experience to everybody. Well, then those people see it, and they go, wow, did you see, you know, my cousin Johnny, he was out there, you know, sitting on a tractor. I want to do that. And then, you know, it just kind of steamrolls, and, and that's been the easy marketing for these farms. Come and have an experience and just take some pictures and share it with your friends. You know, that it's, it's, creating, it's creating memories. You know, this is what we did together. Right. It's, it's that common bond that's that way. You know, so, you know, so many, for, for so many years, so many of us complain, you know, the kid won't talk to me. You know, they're off in their room doing something. Yeah. Well, that's because you haven't got a whole lot in common. Um, yeah. But, boy, this, uh, I could see where this would be a lot of fun. I know I used to, uh, I grew up in the cities and um, in the in the New York, in fact, and but came out here, had my family out here, and I recall one of the things that, you know, I required my children to do was get out into that garden with me and pick beans. And they would just you know, roll their eyes and, and, you know, complain. But what's one of the stories they now share? Yeah, and, and you know what? When they picked those beans, they took them home. They were eating healthy, natural foods that they just picked, and they relived that memory all over again because they're actually enjoying the food that they picked on that farm. And uh, that's why our culinary side of agritourism is getting so big. You know, it wasn't long ago farmers were loading up all their produce, taking it into town, setting up a stand on the sidewalk or in front of a storefront every Saturday on a farmer's market or maybe a Wednesday mm-hmm. or whatever day that that community would would have that happening. Well, you still have the farmer's markets like that in some communities and cities, but you also have now a huge amount of farms that say, you know what, instead of me picking it, putting it in baskets or boxes and pricing it out and everything, you come and you help do the manual labor and help pick. Um, you pick them apples has been around for a while. I mean, I, I think the Christmas tree growers are the ones that started this whole thing. You mm. know, when people could go out and pick their own Christmas tree and cut it down and go through the whole experience of that. Well, now you can do that, you know, with your strawberries, with your pumpkins. There's even people right now in the winter months that are taking tourists out and helping them uh, tap maple trees. For maple oh, no syrup. kidding. And then, and then not only do they tap, but that they come back and they can learn how to, how to you know, heat up that syrup and and boil it down so you're going to have that fresh maple syrup that you can take home and put on your pancakes. So, I mean, you're saying it's not just the, the, the ones you think about. I mean, maple syrup being one, uh, you know, the cranberry growers are having mm-hmm. where you can come and, and, and not so much help with the cranberry growers, but, you know, you know, Ocean Spray's got the great commercials where you're standing out in your cranberry marsh. Well, guess what? I've got a cranberry grower not many miles away from me that is on, I was a board member of the Ag Tourism Association. She has people that come out, and it's on their, like, their bucket list, to come out, put on waders, and stand out in the middle of a red cranberry marsh when the cranberries are all at the top of the water and have their picture taken. Isn't that great? <laughs> wow. And, and, um, and, and she said people come from internationally that, that make that part of their, their, like I said, bucket list. They want to go and have their picture taken. And in some cases, they're alone. In some cases, you have families. 
um, and all they are, and they've got the biggest grins on their faces, and they are just so blown away that they were able to stand in the middle of a cranberry marsh up to their waist and with waders on and have their picture taken. Well, guess what? They learn how cranberries are grown. They know how they're processed, and they also buy cranberries, and they take them home. So uh, there's another great marketing uh, tool that cranberry growers have tapped into. You know, you, you mentioned that this is affordable. You've certainly talked about so many examples of why it's fun. Yes. But that third portion, that, that, uh, that third kind of benefit or attribute of agritourism is that education. So people are actually learning as they're having fun. It is. I mean, education is such a big part, and, and I'll give you a couple quick examples of what some of our members do. Um, we have one uh, uh, member who has a farm down by Fort Atkinson, uh, Wisconsin. It's called Busy Barnes Farm. Uh, they've been around for a long time. Uh, back uh, probably a decade ago, uh, you know, school boards are having a big issue about how they're going to continue to fund uh, things like FFA and the fine arts. Well, the FFA was on the chopping block that they made lose their funding, which nobody wanted to see happen, but nobody could figure out how to help with the funding. So what Busy Barnes Farm did is they worked with the FFA advisor and said, you know what, tell you what, in the summer months, your FFA chapter members as part of their membership of FFA and to gain points so they could be State Farmer Award winners and American Farmer Award winners, they had to come and volunteer so many hours during the summer to work at our farm. And what those kids did is some of them were out there, you know, uh, leading tours of the farm. Some people, uh, some of the kids were on wagons and they would, uh, you know, talk about, uh, you know, when you go on a wagon ride, in Wisconsin a lot, uh, you don't just sit there and ride a wagon and look at the landscape. You've got somebody with a PA on that wagon mm-hmm. telling you about, here's our cornfield, here's our hay field, here's, here's uh, natural uh, prairie grass, uh, talks about the woods, talks about all kinds of things, the wildlife. And anyway, these FFA kids did that. And when you went to the petting zoo, not only did you go to the petting zoo, but you went into this other shed, and not only did you fit to pet that rabbit, but then there's an education piece about the rabbit, and you can color a coloring book uh, that has that rabbit's picture in it, and you get to take it with you. Well, anyway, they have like 20, 30 FFA kids that work there during the summer for no pay. It's just part of their curriculum. But then uh, when they graduate, all of them can qualify for a scholarship that they're going on, and and the scholarship is given by the farms that basically is big enough to cover books and that type of thing. Wow. Um, And what they've seen, doing this now for over 10 years, is that they get FFA members that come back after they've graduated Mm. and say, you know, um, I remember, could I work there this summer? Um, I'm, I'm going to a college, but I've got the summer off. And they said they've been around long enough that they've actually had now people that have worked there that come back with their husband or their wife, and sometimes even a, you know, their child, and they tell their family about how when they were you know, seniors, they worked in this, on this farm when they were an FFA student. Well, it really affects lives. You know, in case you've just joined us, we are having a wonderful conversation with Steve Peterson, president of Wisconsin's Agricultural Tourism Association, and he also happens to be the Monroe County Economic Development Coordinator. Uh, you know, with, with many years of your own background in dairy as well as in radio, which was a big <laughs> plus for all of us 27 here. 27 years in radio. That's almost yeah. as much as I did. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I went to UW-River Falls to get an, an ag degree and got uh, fell in love with radio at the college radio station. And then after that, um, I started a part-time radio jock worked on weekends most of the time at night where nobody else would want to work and just worked my way up and and over my career i've 
I've done everything from being on air. I've been a sportscaster. I've been a program director, music director, promotions director, and even a general manager of a radio station uh, um, that owns multiple radio stations. Wow. wow. So, uh, so yet I also worked in uh, in TV. I was uh, with Discover Wisconsin Television for a few years, oh. where I go on and find destinations that so we can watch a Discover Wisconsin episode all the destinations that they're showing during that show, I actually helped recruit her back in the day when I was working there. So, wow, so you're the, um, ri- the right guy for that job. You know, it, we've only got right, four minutes left. I mean, this time yeah. flies when we're doing a show that, that's so much fun. Have you seen a growth in agritourism in Wisconsin? Absolutely. Um, uh, Secretary Stephanie Platt and I were friends at Discover Wisconsin, and, and she's got a tourism secretary. We've had discussions about this. And egg tourism is probably one of the fastest growing tourism entity under the umbrella of Wisconsin tourism in the state. And I think one thing we just did that's going to really escalate the growth of egg tourism even further is we just completed uh, leading the charge on getting a limited liability law put in place for Governor Scott Walker starting in April. And that is such a crucial, crucial law because what that does, it, it protects all the agritourism uh, farms from frivolous lawsuits. Mm. If you put a compliance sign up in the main entrance of your of your, of your uh, destination with a wordage that's, that's outlined in the law, you are covered from any type of lawsuit. The risk goes 100% on the people that come onto your mm-hmm. farm, whether you're profit or non-profit. Um, but we wanted this because there were, we've heard so many stories about people, you know, farmers losing their insurance because they were such a high risk. Um, that's, matter of fact, the Wisconsin Insurance Association was one of the first people that supported us when we put this bill into action. Um, and it also makes it so if you're sitting on the fence and thinking, you know, I'd love to start an ag tourism business, but I, I'm afraid I'd lose my farm if I got sued. Well, now that, that scare is gone because now you have this law mm-hmm. backing you and you can start your own agritourism business. So yeah, not only do we protect our current businesses, but now we've gone one step further and have laid the groundwork for brand new agritourism businesses to feel safe and comfortable that they can start their own business and not be fearing the liability issues. Now, Steve, let's say you're a farmer, you're interested in this, you want to know more about agritourism and the law. Is there a website? Yes, we have a membership website that I created that uh, is based for members to learn about the liability law, about what our association is, and all the benefits that you get as a member. And it's, uh, it's, it's labeled after our campaign this year. This is the 20th anniversary of the Wisconsin Agricultural Tourism Association. So we created a Love Our Ag campaign, and it's luvrag.com. So our website that you can go to is luv-r-ag.com. And if you go to that, you can read about the liability law. You can find out how you can get your signs. You can find out about membership. We also just added some links where you can get the latest in safety checklists for your ag tourism business that you can actually download um, a checklist so you can just go around your farm and make sure that you're safe. You can also download signage like that you have to put up for sanitation use or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are all that you can print off and laminate and you can use for free. Uh, we also have links to uh, the tourism uh, department's uh, uh, resources. Also, the Department of Ag and Tourism, or Ag, Trade and Consumer Protection, has over a thousand grants 
center out there, and we have a direct link to that where you can actually work with DADCAP on potential grants that may help you get your ag business up. Wow. And if you are someone who is looking to actually visit a farm, is there a website that you could go to? Yes. We, we have a great tourism uh, website. It's called it's wiagtourism.com. That's wiagtourism.com. And you can not only just find out what's the latest happenings, because all the events are uploaded by our members. So everything is current. And you can pick the different quadrants of the state that you might be looking at. You can choose by categories. Um, you can go different directions, and you can actually set up your entire planner of egg tourism destinations that you like to go and see. I was, I was on that website just this morning, shortly before the show. I cannot believe how many things are available. Oh, and it keeps adding every day. When Now that we've got our members uploading their own events, remember county fairs fall under ag tours and as do some of the festivals, and now we're seeing more and more activity going down because we're in the heat of the, no pun intended, the heat of the summer. <laughs> but we do have uh, a lot of people are continuing to put events up daily, so we urge people to go back often because mm-hmm. events are actually added daily. Well, Steve, I want to thank you so much for being a part of our show today. Again, we've been talking with Steve Peterson, president of the Wisconsin Ag Tourism Association. And I know that Deep Roots Radio has listeners all over the United States. And so what I want to do is urge you to kind of Google ag tourism wherever you are to find out both what's available if you're a family looking for an event on a farm or if you're a farmer investigating what the possibilities might be for you. Steve, I hope that we can welcome you to Bullbrook Keep, which is my farm, sometime in the future. We'd love to have you walk our our fields as well. We'd love to do that, and I'd love to take more of my board members, and I can't thank you enough for uh, letting me talk to the group and their listeners, and I'd I'd like to, uh, you know, say if you ever want me back, be more than happy to do that. Um, and, and urge people to keep going back to our websites because we have so much wealth of information. If you're thinking about starting an egg tours of business, we can help you with that. If you're already one and you want to grow, we can help you with that because we have a lot of networking with our members. And then if you just want to go and enjoy all the great things in agritourism in the state of Wisconsin, we have that for you too. So. We're very excited. Wisconsin Ag Tourism Association has never been bigger and better, and we're excited about the future of ag tourism in the state of Wisconsin. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a good weekend and you get to kind of enjoy some time out there. We'll be talking again then. Thank you, Sylvia. Okay, bye-bye. Visit my website, bronxtobarn.com, to download this and past interviews to learn about my farm and to reserve 100% grass-fed beef. We deliver to Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks.